So tired. I'm so tired. Has it been a day? Has it been a weekend? Oh. It's been a day. Anyway. Okay. As you know, this is the measure of an episode where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek genuine Star Trek and not just... More Star Trek. Uh, well, Star Trek with a uh, a Transformer vibe, you know? Oh, interesting. Interesting. I was actually yeah. going to say this. This is not unique to Star Trek. Sorry. This is not unique in Star Trek, but it is unique to Star Trek. I'm pretty sure. Like this kind of general plot. But uh, we do this with three criteria. The first one is, is there sci-fi that is required for the plot to work? Is that sci-fi presented in a unique or novel fashion? And is there a moral or ethical dilemma that a character must face? I'm tired. And I'm Jonathan. And this week, we watched Strange New Worlds Season 2, Episode 6, Lost in Translation. Which there were so many subtle callbacks, which I just, I loved. I mean, it's one of the, like, metamorphosis, that episode. like Which we've seen. Yeah. That I forgot. Yeah. Um, until they made the callback to it. Anyway, so what's the what's the voice to text blurb? <laughs> I actually forgot to do it. Oh dang it. it! All right. So you need to do it. So you need to try and and do a a, a bad reading of it. Okay. Uh, Let's give the blurb. All right. <laughs> I'm so curious. How much of this are you deleting? Uhura seems to be the only one who can hear a strange sound. When the noise triggers terrifying hallucinations, she enlists an unlikely assistant to help her track down the source. Unlikely assistant. Oh, it's, it's oh right, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Unlikely assistant. I was expecting Picard. To be honest, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, I think you actually said that last time. Um, yeah, unlikely assistant. Is that what it said? Unlikely assistant. But it doesn't. Well, here's the thing. I totally forgot that Kirk hasn't been on the ship yet. Oh, I know. So every time he's introducing himself, I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, why is this happening?" Yeah. They didn't, and that wasn't in the uh, the what do you call it when you remember remind people at the beginning of the episode the recap mm. recap. We're so good. That at That would be that. That's really going to be hard to detail, though. Like where you'd have to have the flashback where Kirk was on the Enterprise, but then you'd have to actually show the transition that was suggested at the end of that episode that he wasn't ever on the ship. You know, yeah, it's very confusing. I guess we just have to be good watchers. We can't right. have everything handed to us. <laughs> I mean, just that in particular. Like, I don't, I don't know, because there, because that was actually well done in the episode where they they showed him on the on the on the Enterprise, and then they went back to the reality where he had never been on the Enterprise, and we had to put those two pieces together. And it's very hard to give two pieces to put together in a recap. <laughs> <laughs> a little journey through the recap of, <laughs> right. of discovery of the Kirk character. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that we just were, we were not being responsible viewers of the show. That's right. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I was disoriented. For- I was like, what? Like what? You've never been on, like I'm trying to, cause like I've, we've seen Kirk so much now. And right. I was like, who are you? Yeah. What's well, and then when Kirk and Pike, the, the time that threw me off the most was when Kirk and Pike shook hands no the two times Kirk and Pike shook hands and when he came on and he's like that's a hell of a ship I'm like do you say that every time you come on here like why are you I saying know. that now <laughs> <laughs> I never get over it <laughs> I just want to jump all over the place with this episode so I will I will I take know. your I will follow your lead but okay well the first thing that happens to me I don't know first of all I don't know how I feel about this episode 
I don't know how I feel about it because so many things I don't like are in it, but mm-hmm. so many things are, that I, I do like. I want you to start thinking it through the course of this. I have a little game to play. <laughs> what was your favorite moment in this episode? What was the favorite thing? It was like, oh, I could watch that again. That was nice. That was a nice little, oh, hey, they <laughs> thought about something. I feel like we're playing the game Read My Mind, Paul. Like You want me to find what you thought was like that the most. Well, there's the best one, which is the one that I uh, have come up with. But Obviously. I want you to – I would like for you to have your own as okay. well so I can make fun of it later. Okay. Okay. But anyway, so this is not that moment. But there's a moment where I – mean, I hate this in all movies. <laughs> I hate this in all movies where <laughs> someone gets a phone call. And we are not privy to the other side of this conversation on the phone call. And they pick up this receiver. Or they touch the button on the Bluetooth thing, like who is Bluetooth, whatever thing. And maybe one second goes by. She's like, hello. <laughs> That'd be great. She did that on, on the Enterprise. <laughs> hello. And then Uhura proceeds to recount what was told to her, which takes 15 seconds. <laughs> like, does she leave her podcast app open and it's like on three speed or something like that where she heard? <laughs> like, how did she get all this information in such a little amount of time? Maybe that's why she's so talented. Yeah. That's why she's on the Enterprise, the flagship. As People just but talk just, in shorthand to her. Like, what? yeah, well, why can't... <laughs> Let me hear that shorthand is... Yeah, I, I just... Give her, send her an email. Like, she got an email. She had a, a notification, you know, popped up on her screen. Right. That's, and then she that's how you read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess you need to do it because we can't sit around waiting for it. It'd be great if they just if the amount of time that she's listening also elapsed as she's telling it. If they did that kind of detail. Well, so I do feel like the original series actually had that pretty well because most of the time there would be other dialogue going on before she interrupted and said, "Captain, I'm getting an incoming message of blah blah blah." So she could have been receiving that information while the other dialogue is happening. And in most shows, they do cheat that. You're right. Yeah. Or she's just, you know, she's heard it all before and she yeah. cuts them off after two seconds. Like, yeah, I know what's going on. Right. Kind of like you do to me on Voxer. Like, you think you get the gist and you're like, all right, I'm just going to say, okay. Yeah, like 20 <laughs> seconds in a three minute message. I'm like, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TLDL. Right. So anyway, that, that, uh, it didn't get me off on the right foot for this episode. The, the other one, just to go down this rabbit hole just for a minute, is where mm-hmm. the person is clearly waiting right next to the door when they knock or ring the doorbell. Yeah, yeah. They're always right there. Exactly. Right. There's, there's no time between knocking or ringing the doorbell and the person answers. <laughs> right. And then uh, Uhura gets a call from Optimus Prime and starts talking to her. <laughs> and... And I was like, why is this sound so familiar? I'm like, oh, right. right. It's the Transformers sound. Do you like those movies? Those the Michael Bay movies? I, I did not think of that until you said that, but that is 100% what it is. Right. That's all I could think about when right. I heard it, too. I was like, <laughs> Autobots. Yeah. yeah. And then Kirk comes on. He comes on board fairly quickly in the episode. He's on yes. board almost immediately. And I noticed, did you notice this? Where he comes on board and his transporter sound was so effing loud. I thought that I accidentally like hit the dial on my computer <laughs> sound. And then I turned it down. I was like, whoa, this is so loud. And then like their voices were super soft. Right. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody left the transporter sound too loud. Well, if you, if uh, you remember from, so I actually had the sound off for like the first 10 minutes and I was just reading the subtitles. <laughs> I wasn't able to listen to the sound. Um, 
<laughs> but I, if you remember, I, I remember the scene and the perspective was right over Kirk's shoulders. So it kind of makes sense that the transporter noise was so loud because we were right in the middle of the transporter. It'd be great if all of the people who go through transporting, they wear earplugs because it's such a loud experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it's kind of like they, it would actually be kind of fun to do a scene where it is kind of an emergency transport and we stay with the character. You know, I know there's the episode where like Barkley has a hard time transporting and it turns out that there's like captured souls in the transporter. I, one of the weakest next generation episodes, but, <laughs> um, but it, you know, it'd be kind of fun where like they're, they're in the middle of a battle or they're, you know, they're, they're being chased by something and they have to do that emergency evacuation and they're, they're, doing kind of that blanket transport where the person is running or just lying on the ground. And we follow that person being transported from wherever they are into the sick bay or something. Yeah. They would have to be doing something and they were kind of transported against their will or without their knowledge. <laughs> right. 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 It's one of those, you know, uh, beam up everything in a, in that 20 yard radius. Right. right. Or like when we, we decided that, or we, we discovered that you can kind of rearrange people in the transport <laughs> right, because right. people are sitting <laughs> And so we thought, Waking like, them up could running. you, yep. yeah, <laughs> from a dead sleep into a full out run. Oh, man. Another way. So if you could do that, let's say you can do that. You should be able to do the other th- other way around, which is <laughs> you can transport them from like doing something into just a deep sleep. Right, right. From a dead run. into <laughs> <laughs> Which is less funny, but it, you know, it, it has implications. Medically, right. Well, know, I mean, you could ever, insomnia, and given the fact that you can uh, do a site to site teleport uh, transport, uh, then in theory, there's no arguing against doctor's orders of getting rest. Like he can just transport you to bed asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the uh, the over it doctor. Right. You know, he's become jaded and complacent, and he just he doesn't take any shit from anybody anymore. He's like, I want you to take some leave and take a, take a nap. They're like, No, I will not. He's like, <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> yeah, wish to tie yeah. back. Like I did, I did like the fact that Nurse Chapel actually commented on that. Like apparently, everybody ignores the orders in Doctor's orders. Right. Exactly. Uh, that was nice. Right. <laughs> we got we, we got a little, we got a little bit of Nurse Chapel and Spock. I liked that. I'm glad that they addressed that. That we didn't just get on to the next episode after this huge thing happened in the previous episode. So for me, this is one of my highlights of the episode. Not a rewatch, but I did like the fact that like the, the whole Schrodinger's cat to explain quantum physics is actually from a paper that was talking about how people use something as ridiculous as Schrodinger's cat to explain quantum physics like it's not an actual analogy for it and they they even address that in this episode so i thought that was very cool like because I, I actually started to roll my eyes like when it happened i was like guys schrodinger's cat is not a proper explanation and then they said that right yeah that was nice yep. and i think that they, they seem to have done their homework on this show because as you said there's a lot of Easter eggs that I, I probably missed a lot of them but. well just speaking about the metamorphosis one when they were talking about how uh, this alien race, you know, like ev- all all alien races have generic descriptions for like emotions and actions or something like that. You know, she says that's how the universal translator works. And 
that's how Spock explained it in Metamorphosis, which was I thought was pretty cool. And we commented on that. I remember, mm-hmm. yeah, We're like oh, it's not just it's super fast at learning a language; it's it's somehow interpreting brain signals and shit, right? Which is cool. Yeah, we get a little bit more information. So we have two episodes now in the nine hundred thousand episodes <laughs> or hours of Star Trek actually explaining what the Universal Translator does. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's some pretty good percentages right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't want us to know about it. It's a slow burn on that one. <laughs> well, and, uh, yeah, and I mean, the, even those two episodes are almost 60 years apart, so. Right. So, jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. On, uh, on the episode. Can I, uh, once sorry, again. But before you do, can I go way back? Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, when Ortegas was talking about uh, ripping a donut into the, the nebula, I, I thought that it was kind of referencing... Uh, cars and how like they can circle donuts you know when they like do their fancy driving around um but then i started thinking about it more and i think that what she was talking about was like when the ship goes through the cloud it's going to create that uh circular donut shape you know and so i was it was a nice little slang for something that we don't really do yeah and it kind of is informative as to ortega's character yeah, that she seems to be kind of a like a greaser. I wouldn't be surprised if she that's like her hobby. You know, right. like she likes cars and likes driving cars, and she kind of while she's she watching Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she seems like to be a 20th century, I guess, phobe, not phobe, uh, file, file. Yeah, yeah, be a 20th century phobe. <laughs> I said that. It's like talked about Jurassic Park. <laughs> 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 Can we just, can we not, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you okay? I just, ugh. <clears throat> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Somebody said duct tape before an episode. She was like, ah, oh, I hate it. Um, yeah, so jumping ahead a little bit. So we talked about in the one where they go out down to the planet and Khan, mm-hmm. soon, no, Khan, she starts having problems and she doesn't report it. She keeps it to herself for some reason which is not the professional thing to do, you know? Right. Wait, so... Oh, right, right, right. When Nuh-uh was, like, having her blackouts. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, once again, I told you how much I hated that. Mm-hmm. When characters do that, it seemed kind of a crutch to create tension or to create, like, for the audience yes. type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, th- they did it again with Uhura because Uhura yeah. was happening to her, and yes, she had reported that she was like tired. She saw something and they went and checked her out. But then later on, when they bring the other person from the space station into the, and like he runs off and shoots people, <laughs> just becomes murderous rampage. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, she, she hears the sound, but says nothing. Mm-hmm. She, she, you can tell she's like wanting to keep it a secret. And at this point, I don't know why these characters are doing it. It doesn't even make sense. Like there's no reason why she would keep it. Like she's afraid of getting fired or that mm. she was doing something wrong. Right. I mean, the only thing she's doing wrong is keeping it from the, it's like very important information. It's like imperative. Yeah. Cause it would, it would kind of inform the situation. Uh, it's just characters making shitty, stupid decisions. That's right. what I hate. That's what I think is, what is so what's kind pissing of, me off about that. Right. Kind of along those lines is when people make their promises on the impossible, like when she says, I'll be fine. I promise to the same guy that she decked and to the same guy where he was like, yeah, you're looking at things that aren't there. 
And she's sitting there saying, I'll be fine. I promise. Like, it's one of those things where in shows, you know, they say, we're going to get your father back or something. I promise. It's like, no, you, you, you can't. You, you can say, I promise we're going to do everything we can to get your father back. Like, that's something you have control over. <laughs> yeah, you're just kicking the can down the road on that one. Right. 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 Well, yeah. And I mean, so it was just a frustrating moment where, you know, Kirk is saying, are you going to be OK? And she's like, I'll be fine. I promise. It's like you, you haven't been fine up to this point. How? Why are you thinking you can promise that now? So yeah, it's kind of a uh, leave me alone about this. <laughs> right. I got this oh, totally. <laughs> I, I promise. Okay, is that is that enough for you? Now right. fuck off. Happy <laughs> right. now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the, then, the, so she finally tracks down the guy. What's his name? I can't remember his name. The guy who's crazy, Ramon. And, Ramon, wow, you good job. But Saul Ramon was his full name. Why do you remember that? What's the doctor's name? What's the doctor's name? What is it? <laughs> Bega, but beyond yeah. that, I don't know his first name. No, I, I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like his name's Ramon, and then he was like Saul Ramon, and I was like, really? Like why? Why did they give you a first name for your last name in this episode? So. And why did they t- give you two villain names? <laughs> right. <laughs> Siler like, Khan guy is my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Siler, wow! Is that a uh, deep cut? Did people watch Heroes? Well, I, sorry, are the people who are listening uh, watch? Did they watch Heroes? I don't. Do you think? I, I, yeah, I yeah, I think so. Is that too I, far away? Is that too far away? No, far away. I don't. I don't think so. I think they they got burned by Heroes just as we did. Because um. <laughs> the guy who plays Siler, oh, Siler, right? <laughs> plays Spock. So I think there's a connection there. Yeah, yeah, and and his dad is. Uh, is from To Kill a Mockingbird. Right, and then Mockingbird's name was Ramon. I forgot about that. Anyway, so she has him cornered with her phaser gun, right? And uh-huh. he's like typing away. She's like, please, just step away from the thing. What happened to stun now, ask questions later, right? Like, we can't do that now. Unless you have a taser. I guess they can tase you now. Yeah. And there's like laws and stuff. <laughs> but So you can't just go or walk around tasing people if you're not doing what you tell them to do. Right. But... In this situation where he's going to blow up the ship and you're trying to talk him down off the ledge, why are we talking people down off the ledge? Why don't we just phase him? You're not going to kill him. You're just right, going to right. incapacitate and then you lock him in a cage and then you talk to him. You know? Yeah. On Enterprise, they had they had phasers that you could set to stun, right? Like it wasn't just there was only one setting and so you had to be very careful with it. Like they they have gradations on – they're phasers now, right? Well, I think so, especially because when he escaped from sick bay, and he, I guess, stabbed the doctor. <laughs> I don't remember what he did. He, like maybe just kind of he reached him. over and grabbed a medical tool and slashed at him. You know, slashed as, at him. as, but, as but is what always him. happens, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and then there was that other guy who looked well, like they, his torso was bisected, and they were like, "We need an emergency medic down here." Wait, when did that happen? When they were chasing after him, there was that one dude who was oh, on the floor right. just outside the door, and that looked. I mean. Again, like my my lighting wasn't not again, but my lighting wasn't the best, so I'm I may have been not seeing the image right, but it looks like there was a full slash from like rib to to shoulder. Yeah, and they they're, they're the pretty gory in this because when Ramon Siler Siler dies, Ramon <laughs> Siler Siler, when he dies and he gets you know decompressed into open space, we get a full viewing of that. I mean, it looks like a it looks like a cutscene from. A, a really good video game. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I was impressed. I was impressed and kind of shocked that Star Trek, like a happy-go-lucky show like this, is, I guess it's not happy-go-lucky. I'm going on a lot of tangents here. I need to rewind back. There's so many like dreams than a dream in my tangent right now. But <laughs> just for a second, it's not really, I just realized it's not a happy-go-lucky show. I think Pike is happy-go-lucky. He's like very casual, but some pretty dark shit happens on this show, right? Yeah, that's right. Obviously. Because yeah. that's, you know, to rewind it back, to kick out of that one, uh, a lot of blood in this. And there was a lot of just, like, we got to see his face freeze off and then he slowly die, Ramon, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and there was Zombie Hammer. Yeah, that was crazy, too. And that looked good. Yeah. It looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it's pretty dark. It's getting mm-hmm. kind of dark. Um, but, but they didn't they didn't stun him. Right, which is, him. yeah, which is definitely a weird thing. Like, you do not need to threaten <laughs> I mean unless there was some reason that she wasn't able to shoot because she said something like I don't want to blow us both up so please stop such a lame I, so lame right I'm so tired of that mm-hmm. especially because they were like the guy when he first escaped oh that's what I was gonna say when he first escaped from sick bay one of the officers just starts shooting at him <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't to just disintegrate him it's like well oh, he tried right. to escape <laughs> what do you want from me what do we have these things for? <laughs> so that Don't must have been shoot. unstunned. You might kill him. <laughs> right. But why yeah. Why yeah. do I have this? What are these things? Like, what is this thing? Then? Am I using it wrong? <laughs> Should I throw it at him? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Okay. So this is next thing that I hate about this episode. I don't want to come off as like the hater because I still love this show. I right. think this was a well-done show. The score is pretty good in this one, got to say. Like, they do a really good job for being kind of a intentionally overscored show because there's music in every single scene. Mm-hmm. Um, well done. But anyway, one of the things I hate, enough of that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> got enough of that. Uh, I'm still waiting for a reason that Carol Kane is on the show. Not right. so much Carol Kane, but her character. Like, what what is her character doing? Like, I... This, I so until until she started working with Una, I thought that one scene she had with Uhura was going to be her only scene in the episode where she That'd have been great. That'd have been so much better. <laughs> she she has she's like she's has no effect on anything. Right. And I keep waiting, maybe this is my problem. I keep having this expectation on her. I am being unfair because I want her to be exceptional in some way. I want her to bring something to the fucking party, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. All she does, I mean, she didn't, wasn't even particularly, I mean, the only thing that she brought was like she kind of psychoanalyzed Una at the end of the show. Right, but for she no didn't, reason. I thought that we were reserving what was the old uh Andorian guy or was he Andorian or whatever the other engineer that died yeah hammer yeah hammer right um i thought we were reserving that for uhura that all of a sudden she has this um sadness for hammer dying i mean i guess everybody does but like they chose una in this moment because that's why they made her hate it's almost like they were just giving carol kane business to do that Mm -hmm. wasn't anything like did did carol kane have a no techno babble contract it's like i will not say any of that crap okay maybe i I could totally see that since she hasn't yet but the other the other part of it too is it's carol kane like it just you're you're right like because it's it's somebody that you're like oh my gosh carol kane is on strange new world like this person is on strange new worlds you expect them to have some kind of importance you know like her her part itself really isn't that important if it was anybody else you would just think okay here's a new person on on the crew taking hammer's place you know yeah. but 
because it's Carol Kane, you're like, oh, cool. What is she going to do? And so far, nothing. Nothing. She has nothing to contribute. She doesn't even say like, well, if you looked over here, you'd notice this thing. And then all of a sudden she's the most brilliant engineer ever. Right. And they just, they keep telling us how interesting and important she is kind of. And there's no demonstration of it. It's just, they're, I feel like they're leading us up to something. And well, I don't but know they, they kind of haven't. Like they, you know, they, all they've told us about her, about how interesting she is, is that she lives a really long time, which we saw when they went to the past. But even there, we, like we talked about, she didn't really do anything. She just happened to have the watch and she was like, oh yeah, I guess you could use that. Yeah. She's not throwing around her wisdom. Right. Because they, they they play her and she even overtly says it that I have a lot of wisdom because I've been alive for however many hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. She throws that fact around but doesn't really have anything to add because of right. it. So right. I, when are they going to start doing that? Yeah. Are they just saving up all of the mojo? The the only thing that I can think, and I mean this is episode six, seven? Six. Yeah, this is episode six. So the only thing that I can think is that they're they're trying to – like kind of uh, what if what if they have an anti-gynon, you know, somebody who lives forever and doesn't. Well, nope, that doesn't even work because in this episode she provided insight to Una and that anybody could have though. That yes. wasn't something that you needed. Like that wasn't a moment where she immediately like, an anti-gynon, like anti-good. It's like let's let's say gynon. Take her down a few notches. <laughs> um, just you know how gynon was like she she lived forever and so she always had that great insight to to help the people discover the things about themselves in in a way that wasn't telling them here's what your problem is you know or here's here's what you need to discover like she did that with Jordy she did that with I forget who it was uh well pretty much the whole crew right at some point yeah that's fair uh but then here she is, you know, and she she didn't have that moment with Nuh-uh. She, she had that moment with Una, but by blatantly telling her what her problem was, Una didn't figure it out on her own. And I guess – Well, with- and I feel, like, I feel like her character wouldn't have waited until the end of the episode. She would have just come out and said, look, I know I'm, I replaced your friend. I'm sorry. Your friend is dead. I, I, I can only support you and your grief. But should we get the hell to work, please? Like because she comes off as like the sassy – Right. old wise person like kind of the anti-gynon like gynon was not sassy mm-hmm. so in that respect yeah she's sassy and she's wise right and she doesn't seem to uh flaunt mystery mm-hmm. she just kind of walks around like she's kind of like like you wouldn't expect her to if you were to just look at her to know a lot of stuff and maybe she's playing that a little bit it seems right. like that would be the obvious character thing except she doesn't do she doesn't pay anything off by having this wonderful gems of advice or knowledge yeah or instinct there are so many times where somebody confronts carol kane's character with something like you're just a space hippie and she just smiles back right you know there's a lot of smiling back in a way and i I didn't i didn't know where that was coming from i didn't Mm -hmm. know if it was like i know why you're being this way to me and i'm gonna give you a chance to realize it and apologize right (laughs) but that that's not exactly because that, that's not what happened. You know, usually when you set something up like that, you, you pay it off. Mm-hmm. But I'm waiting. I am waiting. Yeah. Strange New Worlds. <laughs> Why is she on the show? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest question. Why is she on the show? You know, and I mean, maybe it was kind of the same thing as Guinan. You know, she was like, I love Star Trek. Please let me be on the show. And they were like, okay, you know, we, we have this character who we, we need to fill. And she was like, that sounds great. Yeah. And she did a great job. Right. 
I, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. she's wait. No, we're talking. I'm talking about Carol Kane. Yeah. Oh, then I I wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how I knew because you're like, and she's doing a great job. Um, <laughs> you convinced me. Right. <laughs> but no, like maybe maybe Carol Kane got the part in the same way that Whoopi Goldberg did, where she just went to them and said, "I would yeah. like this part," and or I'd like to be on Star Trek, and they said, "We have this part that we we need filled." <laughs> Like the idea that Carol Kane walked into the writer's room. I want this part that you've been working on. I think it's really good. <laughs> and they're like, okay, you got it. No problemo. <laughs> right. And then she leaves and the head writer turns around. What the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so they had to invent a character right. in 15 minutes. Well, like like episode nine of season one is when this happens. So they call in the, guy, the, the actor who played Hummer and they're like, ah, uh, so listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Carol Kane. <laughs> right. <laughs> She she has this amazing part. <laughs> it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Okay. And this might be one of your favorite parts. I don't know. But so the revelation that the noise was a communication that came like 40 minutes into the episode that Uhura has. Uh-huh. Was that a surprise to you? Like to me it was like, oh, this is someone's trying to communicate with her. It's not just some random noise that she's hearing. I mean, I, I've seen Star Trek before. <laughs> I right. know that this is someone trying to communicate. This happens all the time, you know. So, because I've seen enough Star Trek and just sci-fi in general, this episode did have me guessing what it was. But that was definitely one of the options that was mulled about. Um, oh, so you thought that because it was seemed too obvious to you that it would be a communication that they clearly wouldn't do that. Well, like it was, it was either a communication thing or it was like the, the whole thing was being a hallucination from like her first one. And it was deuterium. Um, the, what was another one? Uh, it was a virus kind of like the naked, naked time, naked now. Um, you know, so like I, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew that it wasn't just the deuterium. Like it, it wasn't deuterium and this episode was progressing in real time. Right. I, I just – it felt like, oh, this is the first time you're, you're considering this? It just – it didn't even occur to me that this wouldn't be the first thing you would think. It's like, oh, it seems like somebody's trying to say something to me, you know? Right. But that's just me probably imposing my knowledge of stuff that in their defense hasn't happened yet. Well, that and also like I was, I was thinking about it with them blowing up the gas station. Like there's no evidence. There's no indication that there was a life form. This is literally off of Uhura who was hallucinating. Right. right. Yeah. And it, it occurred to me, wouldn't this be interesting if we find out it, it probably would have been better at the end of this episode as opposed to something that happens in later, later episodes. Cause I know the Gorn plays a role mm-hmm. in this season. If this whole thing was a, a Gorn deception that they made them destroy that thing. Cause they said it that was would be cool. a, yeah, they said it was could be problematic for the Gorn. Right. And so wouldn't it be great if that was the, if she did just destroy this <laughs> this thing for no reason? I mean, I guess she was not, you know, she was confident for a good reason because she was being deceived, but mm-hmm. uh, not for the reason she thought it was. Right. Also, in that moment where she turns and we see the fully reconstructed hammer. Uh huh. I didn't like the way they played that moment. It kind of bugged me where he just smiles and he's like fully re like you could have done it where he's just standing there like as Hemmer again, you know, like that's enough. But then he smiles. I'm like, okay, that's, that's taken it an extra step to make sure like that she knows it's like comforting. It's like, Hey, right. You, you, you were right. But then he starts nodding 
Yeah, we didn't need the nod. Right. It was right. we understood. It was no and the longer swelling the, of the triumphant music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thumbs up. The fact up. he's not a zombie anymore. Like he's not regressing from like that's not scary and her anymore. Her parents and so. brother come walking on looking at her. <laughs> Yeah, it just it bugged me. It bugged right. me that they felt that they needed to have him do all three of those things. Sure. Yeah, I get um, it. Anyway, jumping back a little bit. Okay. Jumping back a little bit. So they broke the uh, cardinal rule of Star Trek in Technobabble. And that rule was so they're all kind of she's there. Ohura is with Sam and Kirk, and I think I think Pike. No, Pike is not there. Right. And they've kind of figured out what's happening. Uh-huh. She kind of goes through this whole kind of sophisticated, complicated teller techno babble where she says, they're using my dreams uh, as like they're using my bad dreams, my good dreams, all of my thoughts, all of my feelings right, right, to try right, and communicate yeah. with me. And she's, and then she says like vocabulary. And the rule is you have one character do the techno babble. And you have another mm, character, right. and and Kirk, James Kirk, was primed for this because he's kind of like not technical but smart and uh-huh. sassy, uh-huh. and so he could have been like, "You mean like a vocabulary? Like, uh-huh. That's what you do. That's right. the Star Trek way." Right. <laughs> well, and then she even gave the analogy later when she says, uh, "You're going to blow out the receiver," and like that's where she has the revelation. Right. She's like Janeway all of a sudden. Right. Mm. I hope not. No. I hope not. <laughs> I hope that she does not become Janeway of being the Jane of all trades and being able to solve everything and provide the the layman's analogy and correct the person who's yeah. wrong. I, I hope that Uhura does not turn out become that. Well, I think that hopefully this was just they felt like this was her story and so she needs to do all the work, maybe. Right. Yeah, I could also see that too. But you're right. Like it should have been with her saying that and then somebody else saying like vocabulary, you know, and either her agreeing or just saying, and if that's the case, you know, just moving on with her explanation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't do that. But they had a good opportunity and they just, they didn't do it. Yeah. They didn't do it. What do we say? But they didn't do that. Yeah. But they didn't do that. Okay. And so they rescue the people, you know, the aliens mm-hmm. and they smile and nod Handshake and wave, and flashing their tits, and then they <laughs> and they they go away. They're molecular tits. Yeah, um, <laughs> molecular tits. <laughs> so, one of the other parts to this episode uh, that I thought was part of the hallucinations, and it's another reason why I kind of didn't think that it was an alien race, was everybody was so aggressive in this episode. Like Sam and James were totally antagonistic towards each other. Una and Carol Kane are totally antagonistic to each other. Right. You know, and so it, it felt like there was something that was impacting people and just Uhura and Ramon were feeling it more than everybody else. But that didn't turn out yeah. to be the case. Yeah. I mean, at least there was conflict a little bit. At least there was people who don't like each other. You know, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, I agree with you. I and mean, even Uhura at the at the beginning was not very nice to Kirk, who was a, like obviously a superior officer. Right. Well, know? I mean, I guess, and she wasn't guess, nice to Carol Kane either. You know, she's like, "Why yeah, are you avoiding right. me? Why are you not talking to me?" She's like, "I've just been busy." She's like, "Well, that's not true." And she's like, "Hmm, hi, welcome to the Enterprise." 
know. That good enough? Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That never gets resolved either. No. It's such a strange exchange to have. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not going to in some way pay that off, I guess. I don't I, – I, was there a connection to that for some reason there, or was it just more screen time? There seemed to be kind of the same thing that was pissing Una off was the fact that this person replaced Hammer who was their friend. Right. I guess they didn't explicitly ever, explicitly ever say that. Not for Uhura, but, no. But yeah. the fact that they did it for Una – you can piece that together, but you're right. Like there should have been a moment where she saw Carol Kane later on and either genuinely was pleasant to her and said, you're doing a great job as the engineer or apologized for her behavior earlier and said, you know, we're lucky to have you or something. Right. Yeah. Or give the, make there be something that ties it in, I guess, to Mm -hmm. her grief for Hammer. That isn't just her not being nice to her. Okay. Anyway, I, maybe they just needed another scene with Carol Kane where she wasn't techno babbling. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I have to be in at least four scenes every episode, and I'm not going to do any techno babble. They're like, that really, <laughs> you know, this does hinder, Trek, right, right, right. <laughs> does hinder what you can do on the show. Because <laughs> I mean, even even there, you know, she was like, I'll have it back back up and running. Give me four hours, you know, or something like that. Like she didn't say anything of I need to reverse the polarity of these conduits. Right. Um, it, it would be cool too. Is that that's a great way to prime that she's just this genius and she just goes and does it. You know, right. she's not your typical engineering nerd, which would be Jordy, where mm-hmm. Jordy just has all the answers technologically and technically that he he just kind of spouts them off. Well, yeah, she he just goes aloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it would almost be nice if like she just understood. Maybe like that's. That's why she doesn't do techno babble because she doesn't know the techno babble. She's like, you know, they're like, "How'd you fix it?" And she's like, "I, I fixed it. I don't right. what like yeah. My experience is so good that I just kind of I can intuit my way through any problem. That's my right, that's right. My and that's why she works being, alone because she can't tell people how to help her. Right. You know. Yeah, that'd be great. See, look, we fixed it. Right. <laughs> but they haven't done that yet. Right. We'll Maybe that's coming. Maybe they're priming us. Maybe this is, right. this is what we asked for. Like. Multi-episode arcs. How about that? Right? Yeah. It would be great if there was a beautiful payoff at the end. I don't think there is, but I don't know for sure. I'm sure she's going to start playing a bigger role in the show as we inch closer toward the... Uh, well, and that's the other part of, like, why is this just becoming a like, shit on Carol Kane episode? But, like, they've had so many episodes where she has been a part of the episode and she hasn't done anything. Yeah, they're using up all the goodwill and juice that she has in right. terms of, like, oh, something... Like, when Guiding came on... Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, we, we know there's going to be something interesting that's going to happen. There's, She's going to talk. Right. It's a great moment. It's a great payoff. There's something there. Yeah. Right. Yep. And what's even more fantastic about that is Guinan, Whoopi Goldberg is Guinan. Guinan is not Whoopi Goldberg. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Except in Picard. Right. <laughs> She's definitely not Guinan. Right. It's kind of interesting. Like, because Carol Kane, kind of the same thing. Did she even have her accent in this episode? Yeah, a little bit. Did she? Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess they don't build that into the subtitles, do they? <laughs> well, no. I mean, when after the first 20 minutes and like, you know, that's when the sound was on because I was done dropping off the, the kid. What would be funny is like you turned off the sound but put on the visual description. <laughs> Right. So, oh my gosh, those subtitles must fly by. I, there's so much to be said. You're just reading a novel of the episode, basically. Right. 
Um, all right, so I do want to back up just a little bit. So, I, well, since we're jumping around anyway, the the scene when she punched herself and it wound up being Kirk, and mm-hmm. then he like kind of tells her to lay down or get some rest, and he's like, "No punching anybody until I get back." And she, you know, she's like, "All right," but the moment you get back, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. She didn't bring that up, did she? She did not. Yeah, no. She she brought up the stupid cookie. But. I, I did feel like it was kind of a big question mark. Uh, if Kirk, if they were trying to create kind of a love triangle between uh, Na'a, Uhura, and Kirk, because they did have that moment, that it was one moment where there's sort of a, they make eye contact, Kirk and Log make eye contact in kind of a, like, hey, this is the first time this is happening. I'm seeing if there's like, uh, not Una, Na'a is trying to figure out, like, is there sparks like last time? There you are. You know, it's like mm-hmm. kind of an emotional moment. And like Kirk was like, what? Right. right. Well, it's, it's gotta be kind of a little hard for Laon because she's, she's meeting this guy who she had feelings for, who has told her all these things about himself. So <laughs> she's got to suffer through him telling her the same stories all over again. No, they would be different stories because, of the universe. Oh, that you're she right. Was in. You're right. Like his brother died, so he's going to totally have different stories. Yeah, that's fair. Never mind. And she can't even prove that it happened by saying, "Oh, well, you told me that when you were six years old." That right, you right. She can't do that. Yeah. So she's totally on an island. Right. But uh, that was all we got. I'm. I think that was enough. I'm glad they at least, they at least acknowledged that there was a history there that they didn't kind of dwell on it. But I didn't know if they were trying to set something up between her and Kirk, and I don't think they were because yeah, of the I don't last think so either. Scene. Yeah. So the uh, the plot is resolved, and then we have this kind of meeting of Uhura, Kirk, and Spock. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of played as like a moment. I'm glad they didn't do what they do in Picard and like play all the themes because <laughs> right. something happened. Well, that and also uh, like they, they have a little bit of dialogue, and Kirk's like, you know, I think you and I are going to get along just fine. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad they didn't do that. No, but but they they also kind of did, and that's what makes Strange New Worlds so great. Like Kirk, Kirk was like, I don't I don't know what that was, but that was. And Spock comes up and says, "Frustrating." And like Spock already has beef with Sam, so it was just it was nice that Kirk was able to already have kind of a a bonding element with Spock, even though. It's not really something that they're going to be like, oh yeah, my brother's the worst, you know? <laughs> right. It was just, it was, it was a great subtle way of showing that like they are going to get along and have things in common without playing it up like they do on Picard. Well, they, they said, I think we're going to get along just fine by having them get along just fine. Right, and, right. <laughs> you know? It's crazy how that works. Yeah. Yeah. And but the moment that I loved, I felt like it was the moment of the episode. It just felt like I wish every moment was like this with characters. But this is why you have discrete characters, and because there's there's not callbacks, but just context mm-hmm. is when Spock cleans up after Kirk. Right. Yeah. He just like, picks up the glass. Totally. Yeah. It's like it's a great. It's like oh yeah, there's this guy that you remember from the last episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That other thing that happened with him is like, that's still around. He's still him, mm-hmm. you know? And oh, the, Kirk and Sam are related and they do the same things. And like, this is like, it's all kind of connected and it kind of has the rhyming aspect of it, all kind uh-huh. of rhymes. 
Uh, I loved it. Yeah. Like, why can't all of the exchanges be in some way that thing? Where yes. actions tell the story as opposed to, as you said, I think we're going to get along just fine, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, it, it is very frustrating to, to jump back and forth between Picard and Strange New Worlds, where Strange New Worlds, by and large, for the most part, respects their audience and understands that they are going, uh, and believes that they are going to understand the message that they are trying to convey. And Picard right. yeah. thinks that we are a bunch of idiots and needs to hammer us over the head with it over and over. Right. Yeah. That's why we like it better than Picard. Although Picard is, is growing on us. Oh yeah. For, I mean, you know, it only, <laughs> we're on episode 27, I think next Yeah. 27 yeah, out of exactly. 30 total. So, you know, we've watched almost 90% of it. And at the, about the 80% <laughs> mark, we were like, okay, this is starting to get good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I liked the whole moment of the like the pullback when you have the the you know the three characters who have come together, mm-hmm. and they're kind of showing that where we're going to end up in a way. Yeah, on a much smaller sh- ship with much smaller quarters. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Maybe that's what happens. Maybe Kirk comes in and he's like, "Ah, oh, it's too spacious in here. Like, it's too big in here." They have they have a jazz club on the Enterprise. Yeah, but I mean, also in the original series on the quarters, like, well, first off, they they had a stage in Ten Forward because Riker was always playing his trombone up there uh, in public, and but that still felt like it was on the ship for some reason. It just it didn't feel like it was a room. It felt like a a it was a you know it was a compartment nice, right, on the ship. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, good episode. I'm trying to think. Is this a proper Star Trek episode? So that kind of goes back to my original comment about how it was it's unique in Star Trek, but it's not unique to Star Trek. Is that how I mean to say it? Yeah. Like this kind of thing where there is an alien that's trying to communicate and presenting itself in a confusing or terrifying manner is I don't think is unique to this episode. But I can't think of any other series that does that sort of thing, sci-fi or otherwise, where this outside essence is trying to communicate. And in the process, it doesn't understand how to communicate in a way that we understand. And so it throws people off and it makes us feel like we're being threatened or hurt in some way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same concept as the Geordie episode. Right. Interface. He, yeah, totally. The interface. Mm-hmm. And- I think and, this happens to Troy at a certain point where somebody's trying to communicate with her. Well, there's definitely the hallucinations makes, that she has like right outside the nacelle chamber. There was that murder mystery episode. Yeah, like it, this is where somebody's trying to communicate in a non-traditional fashion. Mm-hmm. And that that happens all the time, but Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think is it novel? I like I'm willing to say that it is it is unique and novel to Star Trek enough for me to check that box as saying yes this is unique and novel at least for me okay and and then the same thing with you know obviously that element of sci-fi somebody trying to communicate like that was absolutely required for the plot so those two are done but the ethical and moral dilemma do you have one i'm trying to think it was there ever a dilemma i mean i guess pike faces a dilemma do i believe ohura or oh yeah that's fair but it's not like it it it's a huge moment. I mean, it, we knew what he was going to do. Well, He's but, like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, he kind of did. Like, he he didn't believe her pretty much the entire episode. Uh, and then, even when she was like, we cannot start the the gas station, 
you know, he, he was like, we already did. Sorry. Um, and it, it was a little convenient too, where it's like, well, we can't shut it down. It's like, Oh, well there's bigger implications there. If you can't shut it down, I guess they, they handled that with saying like, Oh, I think Ramon did worse damage yeah. to this than we thought he did. Yeah. It's like, Oh, so you're just going to let it run. Was the idea. It's like, well, let's just let it run and see what happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let's see how long we can get this thing going. Yeah. But it is a little convenient, but yeah, I guess, I mean, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Genuine Star Trek episode. Yeah. Ding. And did you like it? Despite all yeah, of the I, the tropes of hallucinations and despite all of the things I hated about it, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> right. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, did you enjoy the show? <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I actually enjoy. I enjoy it. Like I like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. I like the way they they handle like the set. I, I kind of loved the set for the space station. You could kind of see the seams where the set ended and the the matte painting, you know, started. Right, the green screen. You could yeah. see it, but I was like, I was like, I was like, okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was okay. It's it almost was. I actually thought they were in the nacelle room because it kind of has a similar thing where it just goes on forever in the background. Right. Yeah. And it, like it begs the question: like, what, should this be glass? It just <laughs> seems dangerous. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with the with the engineering room, which we haven't seen. I feel like since Hammer, maybe we have, but there's like a guardrail that's maybe waist high to you know this cavernous room it's a death trap yeah yeah maybe that's when the engineers were like maybe we shouldn't make these ships so big right right well and i mean maybe it's one of the first things that kirk does because if you think about the difference between strange new worlds and and enterprise or not enterprise uh the original series like there there actually is a glass wall between you know the engineering controls and the the warp engines and maybe kirk like he walks through and he's like well when i'm captain that's the first thing to change (laughs) all these rooms are way too big and that definitely needs more protection well the same thing with with the bridge when the bridge when when she's having when uhura is having that moment that Mm -hmm. hallucination where the bridge kind of it cracks they're like oh no and he doesn't say like try and get off the ship right now get off the ship he doesn't do that (laughs) he doesn't do that he just kind of stares at it it's like is it gonna hold Nope. <laughs> and then it cracks. <laughs> I mean, being a hallucination, they're going to do whatever her brain tells them to do. Right. It's not, it's not Pike actually reacting. <laughs> but we didn't know I, just, I love the idea. Well, the moment Spock flew out, like you knew that that was not real. I thought that he would like, you know, he'd, like <laughs> crawl across the bridge or across the outer hole. That was most unfortunate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, that'd be the that'd be the that'd be the moment where we stop watching the show. I think. Uh, but I just love the idea of like the screen cracking, and there's like a dust cloud where Pike was once sitting, and he's just clamoring to the turbo lift. <laughs> a literal dust cloud. Yeah. Or his clothes are there. Right. Know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they kind of go through that, and that it shouldn't be glass. It should be like transparent aluminum or something like that yeah it wouldn't crack like glass no it wouldn't it would it would bend the way the metal does yeah right yep which so f right f strange new world yeah don't you, don't you have you ever seen voyage well, uh, home but again it's a hallucination so it's going to do whatever her brain thinks that's true and she's not very good she doesn't know what transparent aluminum is right <laughs> she's like i thought it was glass <laughs> right. that's not glass 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably don't teach that in the basics of Starfleet. Like once you go into your specialized fields, that's when they would probably start talking about that. But <laughs> I don't think the communications officer needs to know what elements make up the screen. I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. Well, what are we watching next? Um, Picard season three, episode seven. Is that right? Yeah. Seven. We get to see data. I suspect. <laughs> I mean, it would, it stand to reason since, uh, we saw him in the last episode. I don't I mean, know. They wouldn't do that like a Carol Kane. Wait, what the hell? I don't know. Continue watching. Oh, there we go. There it is. So for season three, episode seven. Crippled, cornered, and out of options, Picard stages a gambit to trap Vadik and reveal her true motive, a gamble that puts the Titan in the crosshairs and forces Picard and Beverly to question every moral code they've ever held. So I think it'll check uh, off the third criteria. <laughs> boring. Such a boring blurb. They couldn't think of a third word that started with a C that meant what they said. Right. It's the third thing. Crippled, cornered, and cavalier. <laughs> what, is it? what was the third part? And out of options. Out of options. What's the word? What's the C word? We can come with it. Like in less than a minute, we can do this. What is it? What's the word? Out of options. Well, it's going to seem like half a minute, under a minute, because right. we're going to edit it that way. <laughs> Cracked, careless. Those are one, those are ones I'm coming up with. Um, Colluded. No. Out of options. What does that mean? When you're, that's kind of cornered in a way. Like it kind uh, of is. Right, right. So you could just say crippled and cornered. Yeah, I'm cornered is one that it gives for no options. If they just said crippled and out of options, that's okay. Crippled and cornered. Right, crippled and cornered, yeah. That's fine. We've right. solved it. We made it better. You're supposed to you never you're supposed to trim the fat. Seriously. Uh well it's all written by AI anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, I've been Paul. <laughs> I've been Jonathan. It's become like calling shotgun. You know? Right. Well, I've been waiting for you to do it because I know which one I'm doing. Oh. Yeah, okay. I feel confident this time. And this has been the measure of an episode. But you already knew that. It's John Walsh from uh, Unsolved Mysteries. (laughs) Wow. Would have never guessed that. (laughs) No, that's not who it was.